and welcome to the Nitty Gritty Reviews podcast. Today is the first Monday of the month, so that means it's time for another Marvel Monday. Today we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, and I have with me here Tristan. Hi. And Brian. Yay! And Sammy. Hello! Uh, So I'm really excited to talk about this one. This is, uh, of course, written and directed by James Gunn and is starring... Chris Pratt, Bradley Cooper, uh, Vin Diesel. Why did I not pull up the list? Um, Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana and... Uh, uh, Dave Bautista. Yes, thank you, Dave Bautista. Um, that was a little clunky, but I got the, everything across. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm really excited to, to talk about this one. And uh, I, know, I know all of you guys are too, uh, so I'm pretty excited. Yes. Um, so let's just go around a little bit and talk about um, just kind of our our associations with the film and our memories with it, and um, we'll get into to why I asked you two to be to be guests on this one because I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so I guess we'll just we'll start with with you, Tristan. Um, do you remember when you first saw this movie or your first I do. impressions? Uh, I saw it when it was in theaters. I saw it with you, Rachel, and your dad, and probably your mom was there. <laughs> Uh, I was not sure what to expect from it. It seemed pretty ridiculous. I like some ridiculous things, but like a tree and a raccoon and what space. And it's just, just seems so silly, but I was uh, very pleasantly surprised. All right. And for me, I'd never heard of gardens of the galaxy until I married a comic book man. And, uh, we'd actually seen like a thing of them on like an Avengers cartoon. He's like, Oh my gosh, it's garden of the galaxy. They're awesome. And I'm like, okay. Was like talking about the tree and the raccoon and I was like all right and then we were seeing a movie and it was a preview for it like when you found out it was going to be a movie you about lost your mind yeah and like, then no way when we saw the trailer, Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy <laughs> the trailer, he's literally bouncing in his chair and it's just so excited and then when it came out I was like well okay cool and then we saw it and it was fantastic yeah it was like she said I was very excited the 2007-2008 uh, Marvel Comics event Annihilation Conquest is where this roster of the Guardians was formed. And after that, they ended up having a a two-year series run after that with the same lineup of people. And then they added Mantis and then, you know, kind of a few other characters. But when I heard that they were making Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, no, not not the one with Groot and Rocket and Star-Lord. No way. Because <laughs> so, the, the name is actually much older. It was like the Avengers of Tomorrow was the original Guardians of the Galaxy idea. And actually in Volume 2, they have the, the other Ravager crew that had Sylvester Stallone in it. Those are actually movie representations, kind of cameo appearances of the original Guardians. Oh, which okay. was neat for someone that you know it's a nice little easter egg but yeah having having this iteration of the guardians is yeah i can't believe that it blew up the way it did and that these characters are household names and you know you've got kids yeah. walking around with group t-shirts yeah so we saw it in the theater uh yeah pretty much i think a week after it came out we were out in sonoma county and uh had the opportunity to drop des off and sneak away to the movies and it was a, a last minute thing and it was it was great all right uh, so my experience was pretty much uh the same as you Tristan I definitely um was a fan of of the Marvel movies by this point I pretty much was from the very beginning I was on board with Iron Man and and saw pretty much all of them in theaters so I knew I was gonna see it but I definitely remember my dad like it's like before there was a trailer before anything like he was like like, oh, yeah, like they're making 
a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I don't know much about it. I'm like, oh, like what kind of what kind of heroes are in it? And he's like, well, <laughs> there. So there, there's like a main guy. It's called Star Star Lord. I'm like, okay, cool. That sounds good. It's like, yeah. And then there's there's like a a talking raccoon, <laughs> and and like a tree guy. I'm like, okay, <laughs> who's gonna be in this movie? It's like, well, the badass space guy. It's going to be Chris Pratt. If you don't know who that is, it's Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec. Right. Okay, interesting choice. Who else? Well, Bradley Cooper. But he's just going to be the voice of the talking raccoon. Okay. (laughs) And then Vin Diesel as as the tree, who, by the way, can only say the words, I am Groot. (laughs) Okay. So uh, it was definitely, like, I, I had faith in it. I was like, it's Marvel. They haven't steered me wrong. But I have questions that I don't think will be answered until I can see this movie. But it didn't let me down. It was a it was a great experience, a great movie, and I'm I'm excited to talk about it. We should also say too before we dive into the grid that we actually got a chance to watch it in IMAX 3D. Yeah, which was awesome. Awesome. It was awesome. super awesome. Yeah. They're doing a a Marvel marathon at IMAX, like all for like I think it's like two weeks. They're doing all the movies in chronological order, which unfortunately means most of them are being played in like the middle of the week randomly during a work day. So didn't get to see a lot of them, but this one came up at a time that was right when we could all see it. And uh, it's the next one come up for Marvel Monday. So that was uh, worked out really well. And it was really awesome seeing it on the big screen again. And an IMAX 3D. Yeah. 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 That was awesome. Uh, And on that note, should we dive into the grid? Let's do it. All right. So the first category of the grid is going to be writing, plot, and genre. Um, does anybody have, I guess we'll just kind of start off um, kind of broadly. Does anybody have anything that was either a, a really low score compared to everything else or a really high score uh, just to kind of get the conversation going? Plot, um, I did seven. Yeah, it's a unique story, but, you know, the basic breakdown of it isn't really anything. The thing they have to get, the hero's got to get it, they come up with a team, you know, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. It's very MacGuffin-driven, yeah. for sure. Yes. <laughs> Still fun, though. Absolutely. Uh, do you have any outliers, Rachel? Not really. I was just checking and going over. Everything's pretty much in the uh, the higher end of exceeds expectations or the lower end of outstanding. That's pretty much between a seven and a nine for everything. One of the things that I, I really liked, this was one of the one of the nines that I gave within this category, is the genre cliches, tropes, and twists. I thought this movie did a really good job of taking a, a really generic genre, I guess. That's redundant, but like it takes a very familiar genre of like the, the space adventure. And it could it could have very easily been just a, a Star Wars ripoff or or something of that nature. And I feel like it did just enough to give us like, oh, okay, we've got elements of a Western. We've got, we have elements of Star Wars. We have elements of like all these other things. Like it did a really good job of being a comic book movie that was also a sci-fi space Western type thing. Like it just had a lot going for it. They kept it feeling fresh, even though it could have been, like I said, just like, oh, this is pretty much just Star Wars in the Marvel Universe or something like that. Wasn't it like Marvel's first try at it also being a comedy? Was it the first like funny one, wasn't it? I would say it's funnier than most. I mean, most yeah. of you have like a chuckle here and there, but Guardians, like, I mean, it's Marvel's funny always throughout. Been, 
been good at, at having the one-liners, but it's definitely, I would say it's the most lighthearted. Yes. Right. Yeah, the up to this still point. Yeah. Up to this point, yeah, it's definitely the most lighthearted film. And I think the first few minutes of the film just illustrates oh, that geez. perfectly. Like the, mm-hmm. you get that emotional gut punch right in the beginning. You know, here's this kid, his mom's dying of cancer. He gets sucked up by a spaceship 26 years later. Yeah. Here's this planet. And here's, you know, this guy just walking across this storm thrashed planet of ruins. And he's got his badass robot mask on and this cool long leather duster. And he's got high tech and he's cruising around. And he's like, oh, what's going on here? What's going on? And then he just busts out his headphones and starts rocking out to Redbone. And you're like, what kind of movie am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? I, I think it was a, it was masterfully done in that it, I think that was a, a great way to introduce us to this world. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and throughout, there's, you know, kind of moments of levity and moments of, of this is some serious stuff. Yeah. And none of it was too over the top. I think the plot was very balanced in that way. But, you know, even at the ultimate climax of the film, it's a dance-off, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm distracting yeah. you, you big turd blossom. I love that line so much. So yeah, it was a, it's a great framework to start with. And like you said, they took all these different pieces and just made a, a wonderful soup out of it. Yeah. And laid the, the groundwork for, I think, expanding a lot of what a Marvel movie can be. Touching on the, the beginning was like, his, his mom had passed away not long before seeing the movie and we didn't expect that part mm-hmm. yeah so it's on and we're both just blubbering idiots i mean just sobbing mm-hmm. and i looked at him i was like i wasn't expecting to feel this emotion going to see a comic book movie like what is going on yeah. here like i don't and then, yeah once that was over but i was just like what was that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like the beginning yeah, of up you know you're like i'm going to see a kid's movie and you're just <laughs> sobbing yeah it was, just, it was kind of blindsided for a second there and then after that i was like okay cool yeah, my uh, highest score for this is the uh, world building and exposition because I gave it a perfect 10 because it just like opens the doors completely. Like we're off Earth and, and there's the entire the entire universe and there's all these weird and wild and crazy things. There's a giant head that people live in. There's <laughs> there's this prison. There's this the Dark Aster. Is that what they called it? The bad guy ship. Yeah, and, the Kree warship. Yeah. And it just has so much going on in it. And everything is so unique and well-developed. Like, no two characters look the same. Right. And I said they're yeah. the same alien race. I liked that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Differences between everybody. And one thing that I, I thought was great, and it's one of the reasons I also gave World Building a, a 10, is they didn't beat you over the head with it. It just kind of was, and right. you accepted it on its own terms. The only, I mean, really, the only part that felt like this is the expositionary moment was when you're learning what an Infinity Stone is. And the collectors, you know, going through his spiel and they're showing the video of people yeah, trying to harness the true. power of the Infinity Stone. That, To me, that was the only scene in the movie that felt like capital E exposition. Everything okay. else felt very natural and organic and... It was like right. a window into a fully formed universe as opposed to being led through this world by the hand. And at least it was narrated by Benicio Del Toro. His voice is amazing. Oh, absolutely. Was that. I love the accent that he used for the character. I see. I, I know what you're saying, but it's like, yeah, it's like, at least he's telling it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's bald-faced exposition, but it's told really well. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and at least it's exposition that carries over to, like, every other movie after this. It's like, okay, we don't have to hear the same... Exposition. Yeah. We just we know what the Infinity Stones are because of that five minute scene. Yeah, and and really that's that's kind of the first 
from the, the first time you mention it. Literal, you know, this is what an infinity right. stone is. Yeah, it's the first instance of that. I mean, we'd seen the tesseract, we see the the ether. You know, we, we see examples of their power, but this is the first time we see an infinity stone. So I yeah. think, I think, I think you it's are the first correct. time they use the words. Didn't they use the term infinity stone in Thor Dark World? Uh, at the end when they brought it to the collector? Yes. Okay. They might have been. I don't know. I don't remember if they called it my name or if they just said the two down, four to go. Something like that. And then, that, you know, yeah. it's the six. And five. I don't remember. Anyway. So I actually, I had originally had um, world building and exposition at an eight. I don't quite remember why, but after hearing you guys talk about it, I think I'm actually going to bump that up. Not to a perfect 10, but to a 9, I think. I put 9. Boys versus girls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have plenty of 10s on here. I'll make up for it. Don't worry. Was there anything else anybody wanted to say within uh, writing, plot, and genre? No, not me. I don't think so. All right. What was everybody's final score? 8.14 for me. And I gave it an 8.8. 8.64. Outstanding. You both had some very specific numbers. Sammy, did you go really specific with a number in there? Well, I did like 8.2 for oh. uh, pace. I don't really know why. <laughs> um, well, with the pace, like what I love about the movies, it just never stops. It just goes. There's yeah. Never a lull. Like, yeah. In the beginning, you're like, what am I watching? And then from there, it just never stops. Right. It's just constant action. Like you're the whole time you watch it, especially the first time, like, what are they doing? Wait, what is this? Where are they going now? What? Yeah. Why is there a giant head floating in space? Yeah. Like you said, that's when Brian like leans over there and goes, "That's nowhere." And I'm like, "Okay." Celestial. That is one bonus of being married to a comic book encyclopedia. Is if I'm ever not sure what's going on, I just ask him. He's like, "Oh, that's that guy, and he does this thing." And I'm like, yeah. "Sweet." Yeah. <laughs> it's been answered now. <laughs> yeah. Why is there a dog in a spacesuit? That's Cosmo. He's the security <laughs> chief on nowhere. All right, well, I gave plot and genre, I gave it an 8.6. All right, so that's going to bring us to writing characters, which I'm pretty excited to talk about with this movie. I think this is a really interesting movie to talk about as far as characters, because it essentially did exactly what Avengers did, except these characters didn't have their own movies beforehand. So it's yet another reason why this movie shouldn't have worked, and yet it did. Um, So I'm, I'm excited to to dive in and, and hear what you guys think as to, to why this movie works as well as it does. So I think a lot of it has to do with character. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, from having the, like we were saying earlier, the, the plot itself is very generic. It had the potential to just be kind of blah, but having the, the characters with so much life and thereby informing the plot and, and tweaking its nose a little bit, I think, went a long way to, to making this movie what it is. Like you said, it's the characters are really what fill it with life. They're all genuinely likable. Even the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. Although for uh, character inner needs, I just put seven. Cause like, I didn't feel like anybody really had like a huge moral conflict to deal. You know what I mean? Like, except for Drax growing to care about Gamora and stop calling her bad names. Like that was really, you know I mean? There's not really a lot. I felt like there wasn't a lot of inner struggle for anyone. Yeah, there I was. had the same. I was just saying, I had the same thought. I I gave it a, a seven point five for that one, which was the lowest by by a decent amount for me with this category. Um, there was definitely a lot of um, a lot of emotional depth to these characters. Like I felt like they were really well routed, especially Peter Quill. And I think starting the movie with that emotional gut punch was was exactly the right thing to do because this movie is so outlandish and so out there. 
And so, like, I think a lot of people went into this movie being like, I just don't think this is going to work. It's like grounding it in that emotion, I think, was really necessary. But then there's not really, you know, any kind of need after that. I I mean, I guess he has to come to terms and, like, accept the death. But yeah, there's accepting the death. But I think more than anything, each of these characters at the beginning of their arc is alone. Yeah. Even if they're yeah. in a group, even if they're only someone, for themselves. Yeah, they they do not have a sense of belonging. They do not have a sense of of family. They're not bonded really to anyone else. Except Rock and Group. Yeah, even then, that that w- that seems more like a partnership of convenience true. as opposed to yeah a family. Yeah, true. And by the end of it, you know, they they, well, what is this they are grouped. Yeah. By the end, they are they are together. They you can see the bond forming, you know, in the third act, and I think that's a big part of the inner needs. So I think I think the searching for belonging is a big part of why I gave character inner needs an eight point one. Okay. I originally kind of scored it lower because really there's not a whole lot of of moral conflict or internal character development but when i thought about it more that that aspect of finding your place with people that you can bond with and become a family i think it's is pretty huge that's true i might actually bump mine up a little bit i might go from a 7.5 to an 8 because that's a whole half point a whole half point because uh, that's a really good point and i think that's definitely uh something that carries through with with I guess just the two that we've seen so far is that, you know, the found family aspect and the, like I said, finding your, your place and finding where you belong. Um, I hadn't really thought of that as far as associating it with, with inner needs, but that's a, a good point. I actually have a couple of tens in this one. I have, I have one 10 in this one as well. I gave um, one of my tens or my only 10 for this one was character likability. Yeah, word. Yeah. Um, and just like I was saying, with like having that emotional punch in the beginning of the movie, like this movie would not have worked if these characters were even slightly unlikable. And they just, even Rocket is just a total asshole the whole movie. <laughs> but you love him anyway. You do. Like, he's yeah. just, he's, he's, uh, some of his lines are just, like, from, like, a dialogue I gave a 10 to, because some of the lines in this movie, like, I just, they make me laugh to this day, and I don't even know how many times I've watched that movie. <laughs> and I still look forward to several of the things that they yeah. say. I might be as pretty as an angel, but I ain't one. I mean, just, uh, <laughs> yeah, the movie's great. Like, yeah, I love the lines, you know, the leg part and that guy's eye. And he's like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) I I need it. It's very important to me. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, character likability. I don't think there's anyone you don't like. Right. Even Ronan, you can't help but like him. Like, he's an idiot to a point. And he's, you know, very imposing and stuff. Like, you kind of, I don't know. I, I enjoy him as a bad guy. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where I can see why he's doing this. Yeah, character like that. Definitely 10. Yep. Solid 10. Same for me. Wow, all four of us. Yeah. Dialogue, I did give a, a 9. I felt there were some lines that could have hit a little harder. But one thing that I... The the Kevin Bacon scene. Where, <laughs> where, where is starting to, you know, feel the music and she's moving back and forth and they're about to kiss and she pulls the knife on him. and you know, I'm not some starry-eyed waif succumb to your pelvic sorcery <laughs> in the 20 times before i'd seen seen this it just that line felt forced and wrong and just really that's how you're gonna say it even if it's the same words that's gonna be your delivery yeah but then seeing it tonight you know on, on the the big big screen it just kind of it clicked 
I was like, she doesn't know how to talk to people. No, she's awful. Yeah. yeah, she knows how to kill people. Yeah, yeah, she, she kicks your ass. An she assassin and a warrior and the, the you know deadliest woman in the galaxy, but she can't talk to people on an emotional level, and that's why this scene feels so awkward. Yeah, is she yeah. starts to to lean into it and starts to succumb, and is like, no, I am a warrior. <laughs> well, starts to feel vulnerable with the person. Exactly. Yeah. Also part of it. yeah, I think that's one line that I know, like it would have if I didn't have that new perspective on it. I would have scored dialogue a lot lower. Okay. Based on that one line, but having a new read on that scene, I'll keep it. I I did really like that each person had like a totally different way of talking and like their yeah. own voice. Especially Groot. <laughs> <laughs> they somehow made that work. Right. Well, the even... part in the prison scene. Uh, <laughs> I am Groot. It's like growing branches. That part's amazing. Sorry. Well, and even even with Groot, like even just. The, that gut punch of, of changing the one word so it's not I am Groot anymore now it's we are Groot and you're like oh I know it's like oh that's why does that make me so emotional he just changed one <laughs> word from the thing he always says yeah. like, hey man but it, diesel powerful actor mm-hmm. <laughs> I did for dialogue I gave that one a 9.5 out of 10 uh, one of the biggest reasons I didn't give it a 10 and this might be kind of silly is I feel like probably about halfway through the movie it kind of dawned on me like if you were to play a drinking game where you took a shot every time they used the word galaxy in this movie, you would be like blackout drunk by the end. <laughs> they managed to fit it in so many times until finally at the end they get the line of like, look at your guardians of the galaxy. I'm like... You said the title, he wins the movie. <laughs> <laughs> they said it so many like They called... I forget what they called it. They called Gamora like the most wanted fugitive in all of the galaxy and then Gamora was like oh I'm with all of the the biggest idiots in the galaxy and like there were so many I'm like we get it they're saying part of the title and I'm sure later they're gonna call them the guardians of the galaxy like it just called them a bunch of a-holes that's all I'm saying (laughs) a bunch of (laughs) a-holes but yeah so that was really the only thing with dialogue um, and also some of um, some of Nebula's lines, particularly, and this was maybe a yeah. little bit more the delivery as well, because she hardly had any lines. But at one point when she's like trying to to guide people around when she's talking with Ronan and everyone's like attacking the, the ship they're in, she like storms out and she's like, oh, get out of my way. <laughs> it was like the cheesiest. And I'm like, really? Like, or that line where she's all, thanks, dad, seems fair. I'm like, oh, okay. Just the way she says it. I don't know. Like a petulant child that is always second best. I guess that works then. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it was really over the top, but that one didn't bother me as much because it kind of made sense. Especially knowing her character a little bit better with some of the other movies she's in. All right, what was everybody's final scores for this one? 8.6 for me. Outstanding. All right. 8.62. Ooh. You just had to go with that little extra mile. Hitting the (laughs) decimals. Uh, came to an 8.0 for me. Wow, I'm the highest of everybody. I didn't expect that for some reason. Uh, 8.9 for me. Oh, All right in the 8 range, though. Uh, we seem to be on the same wavelength. it's outstanding. It is outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so now another character I'm excited about. We're going to do the uh, acting and casting next. Geez, where to even begin? There's a lot to talk about with this one. I can lead. Uh, I gave face acting a 10. Just all the facial expressions said so much. And the fact that even Rocket and Groot, even though they're CG characters, like you felt their emotion, their facial expressions are fantastic, especially the part 
when they're in the bar and Rocket's like angry and he's like, she called me Furman. He called me Rodent. I mean, the pain and the hurt in his face. Like, I just, yeah, I just thought it was. You could tell he was in a really yes, dark, he was really upset, emotional yeah. place. Yeah, yeah, and like I, said, I mean, yeah. the face acting is—I felt like it was on par. I mean, some of the facial expressions Chris Pratt gives, like he's not even saying anything. Yeah. You yeah. know exactly what he's thinking. The Ravagers, the dudes in the background. I mean, like yeah, I just yeah. face acting for me was like what's the spot on? That's the word. On fleek. Please don't say <laughs> that ever again. <laughs> don't do it. Don't. <laughs> face acting. I ended up giving it an eight, just kind of arbitrarily. Because you don't like know. giving perfect scores. Uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's one of my failings. It's okay, um, I still love you. But, but you're correct in that there's a lot of good expressions in there. Even Ronan with his, you know, his black <laughs> tribal gunk all over his face. And, you know, so, some of his expressions, especially towards the end, you know. And the, the, yeah. That, that look of befuddlement. Just yeah. Like completely baffled by what are what, you doing? why is this man just whipping his arms around and swinging <laughs> his legs this is what is going on and he's just completely baffled and he gets blasted with the cannon yeah but yeah there is a lot of good face acting in it. even just the like chris pratt alone got the score up pretty high for me yeah. like just the like the end scene where he's listening to the to the tape that his mom made him and just the look on his face is just like man you know so much of what's going on through his head just just by by his face and what he's what he's doing in that scene like it's really really good stuff well and the weight of that scene is the fact that he hasn't opened that package in 27 yeah. years he finally was able to do it and read mm-hmm. the note that it, like he couldn't touch it before that and i thought that right. was a neat way to end it but at the same time you know he's got to be kicking himself because he's been listening to the same cassette <laughs> yeah for two and a half decades well and most of us children in the 80s feel like there's no way we left well, no. Yeah, tapes weren't made that well. Especially if you're flying around the galaxy, <laughs> right? Dancing in a Wearing dark it cave out in and space. yeah, just <laughs> space. Yeah, it's okay. That part of this movie is a little unbelievable. Yeah, like any of us who had a Walkman, we know. <laughs> we know. It wasn't even like the waterproof sport one with the clasp. No, it's an old bright school. Well, he was yeah. from the eighty-eight. Yeah, so yeah, it's that's even before we had disc hands. What'd you give it, Tristan? Uh, for face acting. I give it a nine. It's good. Solid nine. Uh, my highest score in this category is for the main character casting. Me yeah. too. Which I only saw Chris Pratt in Parks and Rec before this. Mm-hmm. And he's just a goofball in a good way. He's a great character. But then seeing him as some sort of action hero is just I really surprising. Didn't know who he was. I have still have yet to see Parks and Rec. I know. I know. I know. I've, I've seen we'll see it at some point. I actually looked up clips when they were, when they said Chris Pratt from Parks and Rec is going to be playing Star Lord. I'm like, all right, he's playing Star Lord. I got to see who this dude is. Yeah, and I was like, really? Yeah, it was yeah, a confusing time. So well. And that you know, he's now has the superhero physique too. Yeah. Marvel factor. Yeah. He's one of the main Marvel factors. Hello. Yeah, is right, the Marvel right, factor that once someone's in Marvel, they're suddenly more attractive? Yes, except for Mark Ruffalo. He's the only one that doesn't fit that for me. But for the rest of them, like Chris Evans, when he's not I Captain do. America, eh, when he's Captain America, hello. Mm. Tom Hiddleston, not as Loki, eh, Loki, hi. Oh, I prefer him not as Loki. Although, have uh, I Loki, seen no, him? No, him as Loki, yeah. Chris Hemsworth the, is the, Thor. The, the is, greasy is that, hair's Chris Hemsworth go. as Thor is the pinnacle of it all. Yeah, but, that's that's true. But, like, even Jeremy Renner is not that attractive. But when he's Hawkeye, it's like, what's up? How you doing? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, he doesn't do it for me as Hawkeye. Oh, he does. 
It's the Marvel fracture. That's what I call it. So. Okay, well, we're, we're getting a little off topic here. Although I do have to say the main characters, most of the time I am actually not a huge Zoe Saldana fan. Yeah. I feel she overacts a lot mm-hmm. when she's serious. Every time she's serious, she yells. When she's serious, yeah. she's yelling. Every time. Huh. When she's angry, she's yelling. And so I feel like she's not the greatest and they always cast her in the badass action chick role. And yeah. I feel like they could have cast a lot of other people. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Hmm. But the more I watch the movie, the more I like her as the character. But at first, I was just like, eh... I don't know. She's, She's the me. badass female again. Exactly. Then they have like found someone else. I don't know. Yeah. That was that's pretty much exactly my my train of thought with her too. And I feel like I disliked her more in the second Guardians of the Galaxy, but I've only seen that one once, so maybe on on repeat viewings that will not be true. Um, but yeah, she's not the strongest actor. She's got the physicality down, which I think is why she keeps getting cast. Yeah. But as far as line deliveries, that's one of the biggest reasons. Um, line deliveries was my lowest category in this. It still got an eight, still in the exceeds expectations, but not not with everything else, largely because of her. Like as far as like the face acting, I think she's great. The the action scenes, she's great, and she has like she's got a look that really fits this universe too. She like she's like a comic book character. She does because she's got like. Like, she's somehow simultaneously adorable and intimidating. Yeah. And I think that's very, very few people can pull that off. And then she starts talking. And then yeah. she starts talking. <laughs> when you believe that this bully skank chick could totally kick your ass. I'm sure she could kick my ass. Yeah. <laughs> I know she, I, there's no way. I'd be like, just hit me now. I'm going to lay down. Like, just hit me. And yeah. Skid over <laughs> wow, that's interesting. I actually gave uh, line deliveries a seven. Oh. And it's my lowest score, and it's for the same reason. For Zoe. <laughs> well, now I feel Mostly. bad we're picking on her, but... Well, I was actually surprised by Dave Bautista, because I will admit, yeah. years ago, I was into WWE. I was really into wrestling for a while. I was very entertained by it, and he was one of the big names at the time. Mm-hmm. And when I found out he was cast, I was like, yeah, he looks like the guy. But I wasn't sure. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. What's the metaphor thing that he says? Nothing goes over my yeah. head. I will catch it. <laughs> I too quick. Never call me at the source again. <laughs> yeah, he's great. <laughs> I really wasn't sure, but I was very pleasantly surprised by him. And yeah. Then, and yeah, he's great. And like you actually felt his anger and his rage at the loss of his family. And yeah, I was very surprised at how well he played that character. Secondary characters actually rated pretty high, probably too high, 9.8. But I just, all the prison dudes, especially that guy in the background when he's trying to do the, the finger to the throat thing. Oh, yeah. And he looks at him and he's like, you know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, yeah. And then Drax me is all, no. <laughs> I gave um, I gave secondary characters a 9. The main reason, I almost, I almost gave it a 10. And one of the main reasons that I did not, and this might be maybe an unfair reason, but I had a really hard time taking Ronan seriously because what I am familiar, uh, as far as Lee Pace goes, the actor who plays him, I know him as Ned the Pie Maker from Pushing Daisies, um, <laughs> who is not intimidating and is just like this adorable fluff ball you just want to cuddle or something and have you make pies all day, but or have him make pies for me all day. Uh, now I'm getting weird, but he's <laughs> not intimidating at all. And so even even with all that makeup, even with the modulated voice, all of it, I was just like, but it's Ned the Pie Maker. I don't know. 
Um, so I had a little bit of a hard time taking him seriously. What a hard time taking the Nova guy. Oh, uh, uh, John C. Riley. Yes. Yeah. I love I mean, him. I love him, but yeah. taking him seriously as like a top dog in the yeah. Nova Corps was like, okay. Was he a top dog? I don't know. He was he up in the control dog. room he, and yeah. they took him seriously. Dog. Yeah, they took mm. him seriously. <laughs> she could address Nova Prime directly. Yeah. So that's true. That's true. That was, that was my only thing. I was like, meh, you know. But he does believe that no one is 100% a dick. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> they got my dick message. <laughs> that line every time. Always funny. Yeah, it was interesting seeing him because I know I've seen him in other movies and he's always like an empty headed doofus. Always. I can't even think of like any of the names of the movies that I've seen him in, but I'm sure I've seen a few. Yeah. (laughs) The ones that come to mind I know you haven't seen. (laughs) He's in some, some, I was going to say good ones, but more serious ones. Those ones. (laughs) So great. Yeah. I didn't see that. I've never seen that one. He's great. He just, yeah, he usually plays a buffoon. Absolutely. A lovable buffoon, but he just, yeah, just usually plays an idiot. So it's hard (laughs) to take him seriously. You know. like, you're playing this as though you're really capable, but <laughs> but I don't quite believe it because <laughs> your track record as an actor is very comedic. But you seem so capable. Exactly. Yeah. That's like, like you seem like yeah. you have authority, but at the same time, I feel like you might have glued your balls to your leg one time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was in the academy. I don't know. But like, I kept expecting him to like lean against a button and accidentally launch the nukes or something. Yeah. Yeah. Also, real quick side note, what I thought was funny is the way the his wife and his daughter, like the, the pink aliens looked, like they looked like they're permanently a Snapchat filter to me. I could like see big that. eyeballs and, yeah. you know, like yeah. they just, the shininess of their skin, they just look like they are. It's just their skin. Because <laughs> their eyes are made to look bigger and, oh, shit. <laughs> I'd have to say extras I gave a 10, mostly because Nathan Fillion is an extra. Oh, is he? He's the blue guy. I'm going to slather you up in mahogany and jelly. That's Nathan Fillion. Oh. Fact. Yeah. The one that Groot... Uh, yeah, puts his fingers up his yeah. nose. Yeah, that's, that's Nathan Fillion. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Fun fact. I didn't even know that. That is a fun fact. For extras, I did give it a 9.8. I mean, looking at the wide scope of all of the extras, especially on in Nowhere. Yeah. And on the streets of Xandar, there's such a variety of people. And they all... None of them seem like set dressing. They seem like people. Mm-hmm. They, they yeah. seem like sentient beings that are in a place as opposed to I need to stand here and hold this glass just like this. If I don't hold it just like this, I won't, you know, get my call back for the next audition. It, every one of them sold it. Even Stanley. Especially Stanley. <laughs> yeah, just the, again, the extras add so much truth to the the world. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in Nowhere. All the outlandish costumes and the alien designs and all of it just seems real mm-hmm. and like the this is the type of mix that you would see in a bar like that no one really stood out as awful or out of place it, yeah. it was solid so solid yeah 9.8 solid all right still not perfect no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's arbitrary <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what was everyone's total scores then for acting and casting, unless there's anything anyone wants to add? For acting and casting, I gave it an 8.8. All right. I gave it an 8.98. I gave it a 9.96. Wow. wow. Oh, my goodness. And I gave it a 9.1. Seriously, I probably would have given it a perfect 10 if it wasn't for Zoe Saldana. Fair enough. Yeah. Like I said, she's, she's grown on me. It's just she still bugs. 
So the next category is going to be cinematography, lighting. Um, and this is one I don't have a ton to say, at least not right off the top of my head. Maybe once once other people start talking, something will come to mind. Um, does anybody have any any low points, any high points, anything they want to start off with? I thought it was beautiful as far as the breakdown of the category. Overall lighting, I gave an eight. There wasn't, to my mind, a lot of use of lighting to try and enhance the storytelling as far as, you know, like stylized lighting. Right. It, it felt very real in a fantastical way. And the vibrancy of so many of the, the colors and especially in Nowhere, you know, just the, the variety of shades and hues and the directions the light's coming from and just the whole place just popped. So the beauty of it is what I gave a 10 for. And realize, realism, I did go with a 9.5 because, again, even though it's a very fantastic and and artificial world, you know, lots of green screen in this movie. Yeah. But yeah. the the digital lighting effects definitely gave it a lot of truth. You know, it felt very real despite being mostly computers. Yeah, I agree with that, especially um, the lighting in Nowhere because there was so much lighting. Um, like all the different machines had lights and all the things flying around had lights and so many light sources and yeah, just uh, very vibrant and beautiful. I agree completely. I, yeah. I don't have anything negative to say about this category. I give everything a nine. We have a couple tens, but mood and beauty. Cause I felt like the lighting always set the mood exactly what you're supposed to be feeling. Yeah. yeah. And beauty, they like say it's just beautiful all the colors and there's color where they're supposed to be and there isn't when they're supposed to be. I don't think you've said anything for lighting, Rachel. Yeah, I don't really know what to say. I mean, I thought everything looked really good. I definitely gave high scores, but I don't really have really anything to say for some reason. Yeah. Just because it kind of all speaks for itself, really. Like, yeah, the negative. It's just, huh. yeah. So we're going to get final scores of lighting. Yeah, it kind of seems like we uh, <laughs> ran out of stuff to say, so unless there's anything anyone wants to add. I said my piece. I stand behind it. All right. <laughs> Mine was a 9.7. Wow, all right. 8.74. Yeah. 9.0. Wow, mine was the lowest on this one. I gave it an 8 even. Outstanding. All right, so then the next category is going to be cinematography camera work. Uh, this one, I definitely, the the strongest or, or the highest score, I should say, that I have is for the mise-en-scene. I thought this movie was oh, just yeah. incredibly well composed throughout. Like, pretty much every single shot was like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. Or, oh, that's really, your attention is drawn exactly where it needs to be. Or there'd be stuff going on in the background that's like, oh, that's interesting. And they framed it in just such a way that you can still see what's happening. And so yeah, I just thought it was, it was very visually pleasing and it helped tell the story. And um, that was definitely the high point for me with this one. Yeah. I agree with all that. Yeah. I think I've mentioned uh, on previous Marvel Mondays, how I kind of expect Marvel movies or superhero movies to have like, like a, an action pose. And this one has a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of action poses or where, our, where it will slow down or it will kind of hold on something for a little longer. So I also gave mise-en-scene a perfect 10. Oh, I didn't um, give it a perfect 10. Uh, it's just my, I gave it a nine, which was my highest score yeah. of anything. I went with a 9.5 on mise-en-scene because like, like you said, there are so many scenes that are, are just beautifully composed. The one in particular is when you first 
are introduced to Xandar and it's before you've even met Rocket and Groot and it's just Rocket's voiceover as he's scanning across the crowd. Yeah. It's just, you know, the going from the, the high angle shot of the plaza right down into that. And it just, it felt so, so seamless and well composed in that here's the setting. This is where we're at. Now you're in it. And just moving across the crowd and zooming in on things and zooming out. And it was, I think that was one that I definitely noticed. Some of the shots were just great. Yeah. Like the Kevin Bacon scene. Again. <laughs> you know, they're standing on the balcony of nowhere. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, as they're, they're standing there, gently swaying to the music, and there's just this star field behind them, and just nebulas all over the place. You're like, that looks really freaking cool. Would it be on that yeah. balcony? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and like the when you're first introduced to Ronan, how it's just looking down on that that big kind of ornate carved floor, and then it opens up and it's like, oh, there's a dude in there. This guy's gonna be the villain. Yeah, <laughs> totally gonna be the villain. Yeah, this is a villain introduction. I think the the camera work overall was really cool. The in the the spaceship battle, you know, with the yeah. industrial mover things and the Sakarian death ships. There was a lot of a lot of sweeping around and moving through. I mean, in particular, when Rocket straight up drives into the front of that spaceship and then comes out. And yeah, that part's amazing. And you know, explosion behind him, and he just takes you right into his mouth. A lot of shots like that are unexpected and awesome. Yeah, like putting you into the action. I think that was really well done, and a lot of the 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 whole fight and chase sequence on Xandar, when you know you're first being introduced. And the, the characters are first meeting almost Scooby-Doo aspect of it. How, you know, it's like playing hot potato with the, yeah. with the orb. <laughs> and, but the, the whole time the camera is consistently following them and, and there's minor variations in the angle that just kind of, yeah that, that keep the momentum going. Yeah. Even when they're just kind of in place or get wrapped up in a bag or like fall down, you know, that, that low angle as Peter Quill, you know, gets zapped in the back by a rocket and, you know, it's kind of shot over rocket's shoulder and you see him in the, in the far background, but it's, it's low to the ground, like, like rocket's perspective. And it's just nice little touches like that. I think really were very, I appreciated them very much. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Was there anything else anyone wanted to add for cinematography camera work? I don't think so. No, this is actually the highest category so far for me with a 9.6. It's actually my lowest category so far. I gave it a 7.6. Wow. 9.3. I've been scoring the sucker high the whole time. (laughs) Everyone was trying to give it lower scores and there's times I just couldn't do it. And I ended up with an 8.3. That was significantly lower than everyone on that one. Yeah. High scores. (laughs) It's still outstanding. Still outstanding. Yeah. yeah, true, true. Still passing grade. <laughs> still an A. All right, so that's going to bring us to editing and special effects. Um, does anybody have uh, any any outliers on this one? Anything higher or, or lower? Or is everything pretty similar for everybody? I don't know why I'm dragging that I out. gave continuity and pace and special effects tens. Fair enough. Special effects are fantastic. I did the same thing. Oh, yeah. Those Both categories. Nice. Yeah, like everything else is a 9.5 in this, but those two, like, the special effects are phenomenal. And even though you know it's not real, it looks real and it feels real. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It's, it's just beautiful. Yeah. I, mean, I love the crystallization on the skin when they're floating yeah. in space. Like, yeah. nice touch. Nice touch. 
everything you've ever seen when someone is in space not protected like it's a different idea of what would happen i feel like that seems the most believable of what would actually happen if you're floating in space it's really freaking cold and even just the fact that two of the main characters in this movie full are full cg that's bonkers and they look like you can actually reach out and touch them oh yeah, yeah. the detail work because that's a risky move even just having one cg character is like oof man is this gonna yeah George Urbanks. <laughs> <laughs> which did not sell well no but we've come along not for adults then. yes kids yeah. like them i know our son loves them yeah he was made for kids kids don't know <laughs> but on the subject of digital digital characters is all of the digital characters felt like they had weight they felt they felt like more than cutouts they, yeah. they weren't cartoons on the screen they were characters mm-hmm. yeah and I, I think the the quality and attention to detail they put into it even on some of the more outlandish extras that you know are clearly something that they didn't build it's yeah it looks like they have mass and a place within a 3d space of the world. you know, And I think that's a testament to how far we've come with technology, but also <laughs> the, the little details, the, the way rockets fur is matting and rolls as he's speaking and hunching and moving. It's all there. scrunched up when he wakes up in the prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's got that face. It's amazing. It, it gives the film a truth that, that you feel even if you don't specifically notice it, you know, it's the, it's the CG that's so good. You don't notice it. Like the part when Drax reaches over to pet him at the end. Oh yeah. Well, like yeah. everything you looked like he was actually petting. Him. Um, on the subject of continuity pace, like we said earlier, this is a movie that, that starts off with a real emotional moment. And then from there it just goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't really think of any continuity errors or any, anything that, felt like it went on too long or you know a scene that felt like it was too short it just felt like there was a continuous through line once things started moving i think that's a a really good plus in my book is you know it it's always tough when you're watching a movie and you get the feeling like this scene would be so much better if it were like a minute and a half shorter right yeah or or when things move too fast and you're like well who was that guy he, right. seemed, he seemed cool. I wanted to know more about Robot Hands guy, or or whatever. But yeah. But this is one of those movies that just felt they they found their rhythm and they stuck to it, and it just bounced through the whole movie. And yeah, it's great. Absolutely. All right. Well, is there anything else uh, anyone wants to add for editing special effects? We didn't really get into too much else besides special effects and and pace, but. I don't, I don't personally have anything to add for anything else. Yeah. High scores, but nothing to add. Yeah, exactly. It, it worked really well. Yeah. It did. The, the editing and the action sequences flowed well. There wasn't too much, you know, you get so many action scenes are just like smash cut, elbow to the camera, yeah. flippy flip. And this, yeah. there was a, a nice, solid continuity to it. Even, even, you know, when they had the more stylized shots, like, Drax getting flipped over and you know for a split second it's kind of the camera's there with him but it sold the moment versus just confusing what was going on so right. I feel like a lot yeah. of the handheld heavily edited action that you see in a lot of films is yeah. just more confusing than anything else yeah most time they just shake the crap out of the camera to sell the action and I hate that with a burning passion yes yeah I hate that with a burning passion like shaking the camera and running in place. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shaking, vibrating the camera over just so you yeah. feel yeah. more action-y. 
Marvel's done a pretty good job of avoiding stuff like that. Like, their action scenes have always been... I mean, there are a few, a few things here and there sprinkled in, but for the most part, their action scenes are pretty damn solid. Yeah. All right, well, what was everybody's final scores then for editing and special effects? I gave it a 9.7. All right. Still outstanding. I uh, gave it a 9.4. I think I'm going to be the lowest again. Uh, I gave it an 8.6. 8.82, so the lowest All just right. barely. just barely. Still outstanding, though. Absolutely. The, the mantra, don't worry, it's still outstanding. <laughs> still a good grade. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's going to bring us to the sound design. Um, what did everybody think about the sound design? Well, <laughs> speaking of good grades, yes. uh, this one got a really good grade. I also gave it a pretty low grade for one of the subcategories my soundtrack was a 10 yeah oh for sure yeah i actually did i'm gonna be the outlier on this one i gave score soundtrack a nine because while the soundtrack is amazing the score eh, i didn't love it that's uh, so, kind of generic Marvel. generic yeah, yeah. It, was, it was even generic for like it sounded like a generic version of the avengers soundtrack is what it reminded me of and they yeah. certainly compensated for it by having the amazing uh, soundtrack and having that carry so much of the emotional weight throughout the movie, as well as like getting that upbeat feeling. Like it carried the pace, it carried the emotions, like it, it contributed to storytelling. The, the soundtrack's amazing. Yeah. But then the score was just like, oh, this is generic even for Marvel. I, I still mm. gave I still gave it a nine out of ten because that that soundtrack really carried it far. But if I was just considering score, it probably would have been like a four. I gave it ten. Well, I have a friend whose sons got really into it at the time. They were like, I want to say nine and eleven. Their grandma like pops the CD into the car, I guess, and starts like singing along to the soundtrack. And they're both amazed that their grandma knows the <laughs> words to these songs. And she's like, these songs were out when I was in high school. They were shocked, blown away, had no freaking idea these songs existed before this movie. And I thought that was amazing. Like, they took a lot of older songs and made them popular again. I thought that was neat how they did that. Yeah. Because really, I mean, mostly the kids seeing this movie had never heard a single one yeah. of the songs before. And they all thought it was just this this new fun song. It's like, no, this movie's existed like at least three times your lifespan. At least. Yeah. <laughs> Minimally. Yeah. So I just thought that was a neat thing for them to do in such a newer superhero movie to... Bring back the classics. Yeah, it was cool. It's a nice touch. They didn't have to do it, but they did it, and it made it up. And this, the music, almost was a like a character in itself in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was neat. Like I was just floating through space, pina coladas. Like it was just awesome. A <laughs> <laughs> question. Yeah. I questioned his mom's musical taste. She put pina colada. That song is. It's the worst. Everyone remembers the chorus. No one remembers the verses. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. The verses are are a terrible story. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. the chorus is so catchy. <laughs> but I love pina coladas. <laughs> yeah, and getting caught in the rain. <laughs> yeah, I I do think it's funny that that song capped off the prison break in that it's called Escape. Yeah, you know the pina colada song. One thing that I I think that the movie did okay was the sound mix. So many times you have. You know, like the talking is too quiet and the yep. explosions are way too loud. Yep. <laughs> it's like gunfire. Talking. We're yeah. Having a conversation. It's still very serious and it's in the middle of an action scene. But now we're gunfire. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, 
And I think this movie did a okay job of kind of ameliorating that. Not as drastic as some of the Marvel movies, because some of the Marvel movies, it's, it's Captain rough. America movies, especially. Yes. yes. If you're watching Absolutely. it like late at night, you have to constantly like adjust mm-hmm. the volume. You're like, oh god, mm-hmm. we're gonna wake everybody up. I yeah. can't hear what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Turn it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was the category that I gave the lowest score for. The lowest score out of all the scores for this movie was the sound mix because just like you said, one second it's really, really loud and the next one you can't hear anything. You notice that in this movie? Yes. Oh. Uh, And there were even a few times where I couldn't quite hear what someone would say because there was just so much action going on. And I've seen this movie like probably three or four times now and there's, there's still a few spots where i'm not really sure what drax says because he's busy fighting at the same time or whatever i guess there were a few spots there's de- there's always going to be a few spots but i think in my mind there's fewer spots in this movie than there are in a lot of marvel movies yeah that was my feeling as well but there's always going to be spots like that yeah i mean just like you know people driving down the street there's some people that are going to have high quality sound systems and you can hear everything and it's balanced and other people are going to have the bass cranked up so damn loud that their car is falling apart you hear every (laughs) single chunk of metal in their car vibrating yeah i i ended up giving the overall sound mix a five out of ten i gave sound mix a 7.1 it's kind of part of that is going to be an a for effort because it is definitely an improvement over the last couple of marvel movies i've watched i mean just recently i've watched you know, The Dark World, um, watched Black Panther recently, which actually did a really good job, I thought. Um, but as far as sound mix goes in hmm. action-y movies, this one's not as bad. Yeah. Yeah, say. and that's... <laughs> I, ultimately, I ended up saying this meets expectations at best, and so that's why I gave it a 5. Huh? I gave it super high, just because... Like, I gave it, yeah, 9.5. I, <laughs> I didn't notice anything wrong with it, so I was like, cool, it's not perfect, but I wasn't like... Although I wasn't really paying attention, I wasn't thinking throughout the movie, wow, the sound mix is great! So, <laughs> I was thinking more about the soundtrack, not necessarily the sound mix. So. Just haven't studied the grid enough. Apparently not. <laughs> yeah. You gotta memorize it. Right. Mm-hmm. Alright, well, is there anything anyone wants to add for sound? Oh, well, and sound effects are great too, by the way. Yeah, the, Marvel's always been good with, with yeah. the sound effects. Um, yeah, so I gave it a 9.8. Outstanding. Uh, my total for sound was an 8.1. 8.52. All right. 8.4. All right. We're all very, I'm curious what our final scores are going to be, because we're all pretty similar so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next category is going to be aesthetics. Um, I'm sure Sammy has a few things to say. <laughs> I actually gave it perfect. Oh, really? All around. Yeah. So did I. Yeah. All tens. <laughs> I mean... The, no, no one's hair was done no, wrong? Or... I mean, Glenn Close's hair was ridiculous, but it's supposed to be. <laughs> Gamora's wig is even believable. It's not her hair, but it's believable. Um, what I love with Drax, his skin has texture. That, yeah, yeah, but he doesn't have hair. No. And like, I mean... <laughs> yeah, he's not supposed to... No, but I mean, like, but even, like, when you actually look at the skin, like, it's not one solid color. It has flecks in it. Like, even when the skin is painted, it has texture and depth, and it looks real. Like, you can touch it, and it's actually their skin. And I just, I mean, Ronan, the, whatever the black crap on his face has, like, graininess to it. Like, it, I, yeah, it's perfect time for me all around. Like, all of it, the hair, the makeup, the Drax's scars look like actual scars. I just. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I think it's kind of funny that Ronan his uh he's like the big badass, but he's just wearing way too much mascara and he has like glittery skin. <laughs> yeah. Like what kind of parties have you been going to, man? <laughs> crying a lot. But the texture that was in it, like I, yeah. I actually want to know what the hell they were doing. And they were bathing him, but in what? And what is that crap they put on him? Like what is it? That looked to me like a because the character talks about going back to, you know, the the old ways yeah. of Cree justice, the old, you know, the, the ancient ways. And that was like, to me, it read like a, like a purifi- purification ceremony, you know, he bathed in the black fluid and then comes up and then they make them all sparkly and then they do his makeup <laughs> for him and then they put the armor on. They're like, kick ass for the Cree. Yeah. He's like, yes. Well, the movement in the armor at times was like, that is all very well, it's because he can't turn his head. Yeah, it literally cannot. <laughs> the headdress is the shoulders. Because you have like, no I mean, peripheral at all. Yeah. Other than the color scheme, that is very mm-hmm. much what the comic book character looks like. I can see that. And yeah. There's a lot more vibrant greens in the in the comic version, but yeah, you expect that. As right. far as a film mm-hmm. representation of an established character, I think they did a great job. I also like the, speaking of skin textures and all that, I also like the... Um, Shoot, what are they called? The the faceless the Sakarans. Sakarans, yes. yeah. It has like this weird, like stony, slightly necrotic. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Or the broker guy. Oh my god. That guy was cool too. Those eyebrows. Black goals. No. No, no, no. But like even like his hair and like his skin texture, like everyone's makeup looked believable. It looked like their actual skin. Like, even the people look like they're walking Snapchat filters. It still looked like it was their skin. Like, yeah. Just, yeah, the makeup was flawless, in my opinion. Like, you don't see a seam on a person. Even Gamora's little face things, like, they looked like they were part of her face. Yeah. Not like a prosthetic. So I, I gave aesthetics literally the whole category. It's an all-around perfect thing for me. I was very close to that. The only one that I knocked down a little bit was for sets and locations, which isn't for a specific reason, I just didn't feel like, hmm. I, th- I think it was more of a comparison thing, like compared to how amazing the, like the makeup and the hair and the costumes and even the props, like all those were so amazing. Like I would give them 11s if I could, I think because I couldn't, I was like, well, I guess something's going to get a little bit lower. <laughs> so I think because of the sets and locations, just in comparison, weren't, uh, they weren't perfect compared to everything else. I don't know. I don't know if that's fair or if that makes sense, but yeah. I respectfully disagree. Okay. <laughs> I gave sets and locations a solid 10. And that's just based on the... What you know from the comics? No, not oh, even that. Okay. I mean, I guess that may be part of it, but with each location they went to, it felt lived in. You know, it felt like... It's an actual place with actual people. Yes. You know, yeah. I mean, starting on Morag, you know, there's the destroyed temple. You know, it yeah. reminds me of pictures I've seen of Angkor Wat. Yeah. Uh, that, that just abandoned and decayed civilization. You move into Xandar and it's a very vibrant and, you know, prosperous society. Everything's clean with, you know, nice clean parks yeah. and, and each place had its own character. You know, you get to nowhere and it's very clearly a border town, you know, that's run by a, a shady cartel and yeah. you know they obviously don't have safety regulations they have <laughs> open pits of yellow celestial blood and you know there's just hovels everywhere and and each area just felt like its own place yeah and I love all the people were just a little bit dirty everywhere yeah. i thought that was a nice touch absolutely the kids yeah. were kind of dirty and that, yeah. that goes to what i'm saying is it, it gives it a truth that that really sells the film for me yeah. And that's why I gave sets and locations a 10. 
also the fact that they even went to nowhere in the first place. I mean, as a as a comics fan, I was like, they showed it, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, no. the X-Men, we were all, what? They're, they're going nowhere? Yeah. It's nowhere. Like, you lean over, it's nowhere. They're nowhere. I'm like, I know, I see it. It's like, I can read it on the screen. I'm like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> it's like, bang, it's amazing. Yeah, the costumes um, in movies like this, I think it could very easily look really shitty. Yeah. Like, just... It could look like the old Flash Gordon movie or something. <laughs> Or even Michael Roker's teeth look real. Like, even the prosthetic teeth didn't look like they were prosthetic teeth on any person. Yeah. It looked like they were genuinely those pers- that person's teeth. Like, that's where I usually pay the most attention to in almost anything, considering, you know, I do people's hair. So, like, usually hair, makeup is what I notice. And, yeah, I didn't have a single complaint. All right. I do have to say, if anyone ever asked me to do their hair, like Glenn Close's hair in that movie, I tell them to get the hell out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> What if it was Halloween? That's different. <laughs> Halloween, almost anything goes. What about, like, what if they wanted their hair like the uh, collector? Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> to what you're saying with the costumes, Tristan, the, the, it is so easy in a, in a situation like this yeah. for it to look like it's made of cheap plastic shit. Right. And, you know, the, there's... Uh, level of quality that goes into the costume and even in the, even in the extras you know as they're walking yeah. around you know a lot of times when you're when you're paying the background paying attention to background characters in movies like this you'll see that that wing on the alien except it's you know it's kind of flopping around like it's like it wouldn't do that if dude had wings right it, it wouldn't quiver as though it's made of cellophane right you know it's stuff like that the attention to detail that goes into everything else in this movie that really sells all the digital characters and it sells these right. locations yeah they carry that through in the costuming in a big way and it, it feels like you know that's not a costume that's ravager garb right no that's just yeah. how dudes dress yeah yeah and yeah and it didn't look shitty no at all like even at one point when wasn't quill like wearing like leathery pants didn't seem ridiculous yeah it was <laughs> <laughs> yes. when they suit up i know yeah yeah, yeah. All right, so what was everybody's total scores then for <laughs> Perfect 10. Perfect. Uh, 9.26. Oh, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> I ended up giving the 8.2 on the hair, just because there's not a lot of hair. Glenn Coase has hair, so he's still Donna's wearing a wig. John C. Riley's got the same background, look. too, though. Yeah, but there, there was nothing that was like, that's some good hair. There was no, like, that's some bad hair. So, you know, it, it exceeded my expectations. Okay. Like for me, more than anything, the, the, the wig that she had on. Because I'm that person from like 20 feet away, like that person's wearing a wig. Hers, I know it's a wig, but it, it moves like hair. Even though it's, I'm just a positive, it's made of real hair, but there is, there's different grades. But like hers, it just bounced around, you know, like it sold it. But really, I'd say that's the only outlier in my subcategory is the hair. Hmm. Everything else is between 9.1 and 10. What'd you get, Rachel? All right. I was 9.8. Everything got 10s except for sets and locations. All right. So that's going to bring us to impact on a film. This one gets divided up into critical impact, audience cult impact, and historical inspirational impact. Um, before I just dive right in, does anybody else want to want to take the lead on this one? Or I can take the lead on this one? I didn't do any research on critical impact. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go after you. All right. So critical impact, this one... I just looked to Metacritic, which was a 76. 
So I cut it in half, or not cut it in half, but divide it by 10 and round it down to a 7.5. No particular reason, I just didn't feel like being super specific with my decimals and didn't think rounding up to eight was quite right. So 7.5. Um, audience and cult impact, I didn't do any research on that one, but I just kind of went on gut and knowing that it's a particularly popular Marvel film and one that was critically acclaimed as well as audience acclaimed, I guess. Um, so I went and saw it a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he was actually surprised at how what uh, surprised and happy at how well it was received. Yeah, because it it shouldn't have worked. It really shouldn't have. It's... One of the main characters is a talking tree that can only say the same thing over and over yeah. with different inflections. And another one is a talking raccoon. Um, but yeah, so I did audience and cult impact as a nine. And then historical hmm. and inspirational impact. Um, that one I just did a 6.5. Largely, I mean, it is a, it's a Marvel movie. It's a particularly popular Marvel movie. It sets up the Infinity Stones. Like, it yeah. does a lot as far as the MCU. So it's pretty much where all of the 6.5 came from was, was for what it does within the MCU. And aside from that, I mean, it does, you know, got people interested. And maybe I will actually bump it up a little bit. Because it did get people interested in comic book characters that most people... Uh, that especially like people who weren't comic book fans did not know who these characters yeah, were. More obscure, less popular characters. They took right. C-list comic book characters, in some cases D-list comic book <laughs> characters, and elevated them to marquee status. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do a pretty big bump instead of six point five. I'm gonna go eight. Because wow. they really, I wasn't thinking about that when I rated it. I was just yeah. thinking about about the movie as a Marvel movie and wasn't really thinking about what it was doing for comic books too. And, and I do think it had um, an inspirational impact as far as, as the comic books go um, and getting people interested in these characters that, that oh, most sure. people didn't know. So, so I'm going to go eight for that one. I, I, I ran down tens all the way down. <laughs> I did 9.5. But mostly because like I felt like the mood of the movie kind of set in motion for the rest of their movies to be a little more fun. That's a good point, too. And funny. Yeah. I mean, look at Ant-Man. Would Ant-Man have the comedy in Ant-Man would have sold as well. Would Thor Ragnarok happen? Oh, hell no. If Guardians of the no, Galaxy happened. It wouldn't have no. at all. And I Thor mean... Ragnarok is amazing. I love that movie so much. I felt like after Guardians, it just completely changed the pace of how the movies went and how they realized we don't have to make them dark and gritty <clears throat> DC. <clears throat> um, <laughs> they can be fun and lighthearted and still be taken seriously. And, you but can. That, that said, it didn't. It also didn't. It doesn't feel like because this was lighthearted and successful that they overcorrected and went to where everything's no. super lighthearted. Right. You know, there's still some weighty could, stuff yeah. like in Civil War. Um, you know, Doctor Strange has its heavier moments as well as its lighthearted Harry Potter moments. Yes. Um, yeah. I think this kind of opened the door for. It's okay. Yeah, it doesn't to have to be serious and actiony all the time. You can have moments where you chuckle. I mean, to be fair, I do think Avengers opened up that door. This takes it farther than Avengers, but I think Avengers... They op- Avengers opened the door, Guardians kicked, kicked it, it open. Yep, yep. That's fair, yeah. Yeah. All right, so for me, for the impact on film, it averaged out to an 8.17. That's what I got. I, I was literally just about to say, Tristan, why don't you go next? Because I'm sure you won't have much to add. <laughs> And I interrupt. For anybody not following along, just in copies my score every time. Um, like I said earlier, I scored every uh, subcategory of impact on film a 10, which averages out to a 10 for impact on film. Mm, that tracks. 
That was 9.5. So did anyone enjoy this movie? Yeah, I think so. Not at all. Are we moving on to overall enjoyment? Yeah. Which is a 10 for me. Oh my goodness. Solid 10. I gave it a 9, which seems a little bit low. I don't know why I did a 9. I'm going to do a 9.5. I think you just feel guilty because I was so excited to shout 10. (laughs) Nah. I I cannot be guilt-tripped into changing my scores. But I did really enjoy this movie. I'm not, like I said, I'm not entirely sure why... I rated it a nine because it's not like I can point. I had this, a similar problem with with pace, both in the writing category and in the editing category. I'm like, I don't really feel like I can give it a perfect ten, and yet there's nothing I would cut out. There's nothing I would add. It seemed to move along at a perfect pace. It just isn't quite perfect for me, and I felt the same way with just, overall enjoyment. It's like I love this movie. It's it really feel fun. Perfect, but you can't tell exactly why. Pretty much, yeah. Like, it's definitely... And it could just be a comparison. Because, like, I love the first Avengers movie. I know it's not the best movie. I think this is, in most ways, a better movie than the first Avengers. But I think I enjoy Avengers just a little bit more. And because I know that, maybe that's part of why I'm like, I can't really call this perfect if I know I enjoy this other thing slightly more. (laughs) Even though I recognize that it's an inferior film in almost every way. Um, and even outside of MCU, there are movies like Jurassic Park, which is another one we reviewed. I'm like, oh, I love this movie. And it's like a perfectly enjoyable experience from start to finish. I'm just not quite there with this movie. <laughs> Can't put my finger on it. I love it a lot. I'll go back and rewatch it many, many times. It's just not quite perfect for me. But 9.5 out of 10. Outstanding and close to perfect. And perfect chance, like, it's one of those movies that I could be anywhere or even just at home with our son. And he's like... Can we watch Guardians of the Galaxy? And I'm like, okay. Unless we literally don't have time. And I'm like, dude, we're like about to walk out the door in five minutes. I'm like, yeah, sure. That's all he's doing. Like, Can we watch yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. They don't <laughs> yeah. even have to think twice about it. Like, I don't even care what we're doing. Yeah, okay, I'll put it on. Like, yeah. And I usually will end up, even if I'm trying to do stuff, I will still end up sitting down and watching parts of it, especially the parts that are like my favorite. Like, yeah. one of my favorite scenes of all time is the prison scene when Groot shouts, I am Groot. And then Rocket gets that gun and he just goes, oh. Yeah, like the music and that ah, yes, and like three sixty degree pans spinning around as they're spinning yeah, and yelling and, and yeah, shooting and, and yeah. growing branches and it's just, <laughs> oh, that part's so amazing. <laughs> I, yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Although one real quick side note is every now every now and then when I watch it though I think of his poor grandpa. Yeah, yeah. that's what every time I'm like, man, like I feel like it's worse for him than for Peter because he was. So, I mean, it's still traumatic. It's still awful. But kids are so resilient. I don't well, know. Dude lost his daughter and yeah. his, his grandson. Yeah. Has no idea what happened to him. He just is gone. Well, and he left him outside. So I'm sure he feels guilty too, because he's like, it's like I took him out of the room and I left him, and then I went back inside and he disappeared. And yeah, so I'm sure he never feels guilty to too. No idea what happened to him. Yeah. Just yeah. He has no idea that his grandson ran off and became a space pirate. No. Or that his daughter Soft wasn't deal. crazy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That his look on his face. Yeah, when she's all composed to pure line, he's like, "Okay, simmer down." Yeah, <laughs> here's your kid. Talk to him. <laughs> Give me that morphine book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also really enjoyed this movie. Uh, it's one of the most enjoyable ones. I did not give it a perfect ten, though. I gave it a nine out of ten, and. I think I know why. Um, it's the sound mix, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe maybe I should give it an eight. <laughs> Ooh, 
So I love the first Thor, and a big part of that is because like the central theme or the message is that he has to make himself a worthy person and he has to work on that. And I really love that. That really resonates with me. We've been using the word resonate in yeah. <laughs> every one of these for the last few months. Um, uh, and then there's a couple other movies that have a really cool theme that I really like. And this one, I don't know if it has that. I mean, I guess it's, you know, friendship is good. Friends are family. Which is, yeah. So as much as I enjoy this movie, I can't give it a perfect 10. Hmm. But I, I do really enjoy this movie. All right. Fair enough. Is there anything else anybody wants to add for, for overall enjoyment or, or any any other notes before we get to extra credit and then our final scores? Other than the fact that I am still, four years on, I am still just gobsmacked that this movie happened. Yeah. yeah. These characters that, you know, maybe 10% of, of comics fandom like knew Oops. and liked, that these characters became international sensations yeah. and are cosplayed all over the place. And they're on lunchboxes. And you're on a podcast talking about it right now. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And all the Easter eggs in the movie just just tickled me so much. You know, looking at all the the collector's vault, it's like that cocoon looks like it like what Adam Warlock came out of. Hey, there's a dark elf. Hey, you know, there's a Sicarian back there. Hey, there's Cosmo. Oh, oh my goodness, there's Cosmo. <laughs> and then the stinger at the end, freaking Howard the Duck. This <laughs> this movie was very much. It, it just it hit all the nice little nostalgia bones that I never would have expected from a big time Hollywood production. The characters are just so freaking weird that I never would have expected it. Like a really high quality animated movie straight to DVD. Totally. That could have happened. Heck yeah. But for it to have hit the level of success that it did just still baffles me, but also tickles me. That we can get get costumes for our kids at the Disney store. Yes. (laughs) From Guardians. Yeah. It's just, yeah, awesome. And that's one of the reasons I gave it a 10 for overall. Fair enough. Did you get extra credit? Damn right I gave it extra credit. I gave it all the extra credit. This is the one time I abused the extra credit. (laughs) Extra credit also got a perfect 10? Yes. Yes, it did. (laughs) I gave it an 8. Not for any specific reason. You just gave it an an 8. I just really like the movie. It's really fun. Like I said, I. There's not a dull moment. At the very beginning, it's a little gut-wrenching. That's about it. Other than that, it's non-stop action. I liked every character. I even liked the character Gamora. I didn't necessarily like who played her at times. But I've gotten used to her, and she's grown on me as the character. It's just mostly, I was like, when they first cast her, I was like, really? Why is it always her? Like, yeah. wasn't she just a blue alien? Like, why is she now a green one? <laughs> it just, I felt like you could have given someone else, could have given someone else a chance, <laughs> I guess. All right, uh, how about you, Tristan? Any extra credit? I gave it two points of extra credit. One, because um, just like Brian said, this is a weird movie. These are weird characters. It is crazy that someone was able to convince someone else to make this movie and that they did it so seriously. Like you said, it could have been like a cheap little thing that maybe not cheap, but you know, they're not going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on they this. They spent a lot of money making this movie. Yeah. They made a lot of money for me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's definitely one of those things like, you know, to to see a spec script for it. You know, I'd, if I were a producer or, you know, an executive, if it didn't have that Marvel factor, I'd have been like, get the shit out of here. Right. It seems like such <laughs> a, a huge tree, no, risk. Yeah. yeah. There's no way this could work. But it did. 
And yeah. it's, it's amazing and wonderful. So I give it one point of extra credit for just being so bonkers. That's the note that I wrote, bonkers. bonkers. <laughs> uh, and I give it another point because it's just so vast. And, and, and there's so many scenes of space, and I love space. And it, it just looks so amazing. And there's so many cool locations. And it really is like a galaxy-wide thing. That's being guarded. Oh. That's right. <laughs> one little thing I actually meant to talk about earlier that I filed away in my brain while watching the movie and then forgot was in the prison, like when they first got out and they were putting their clothes back on and all the little things on Rocket's back. Yeah. And how from one split second of looking at him, you got exactly how much shit he's been through. Yeah. Just by looking at yeah. his back, you're like, damn. Because they, you know, then they explain what he is and he's been something that's been experimented on and then you look at him, you're like, oh honey, like you just kind of want to pick him up and hold him. Like, you've been through some stuff, bro. I just yeah yeah I meant to mention that earlier. I think it was shortly after that or shortly before that when they're explaining like who these people are. You can see on the bottom left side of the screen that it has like their augmentations and, yeah, all, and all of those things. That, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wait, 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 says when he's dropping and get taken apart and put back over and over and over again. But yeah, I just I meant to mention that part. Just that moment that focus in on his back real quick you're just like oh, i'm sorry yeah <laughs> no wonder why you're pissed off little thing you know who's also brilliant and can make a weapon out of nothing so i gave i gave this movie one point of extra credit um which i guess actually is just a half point because i i went ahead and cut it in half and that's really just for for beating the odds which i think we've done a, a pretty good job <laughs> between all of us of of explaining how it did that and uh I don't know, I've said several times this movie shouldn't have worked and they probably shouldn't have made it from a from a logical business standpoint. But thank God they did. And thank God, yeah, yeah thank God they didn't listen to because I'm sure there were people. <laughs> Any that of were like, us? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so many people like when they announced it, everyone's like, for real? They have so many heroes to choose from when they're going to pick these ones that no one's heard of. Yeah. And then thank goodness they did because. It's great. Well, which in a way was a smart move because they are heroes that no one's ever heard of. They're no, not creative freedom. The dude with the cape that's invincible. They're not, you know, the the vigilante. Like they were completely different, and it was refreshing. Yeah, they were so different from anything we'd seen before in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah, especially a talking tree and raccoon. Yeah, you know, especially a bald guy covered in scars that cannot understand metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is there anything anybody wants to add before we wrap it up with our final scores? Nope. I don't think so. Nope. All right. Well, was everybody's final scores? 98.7. All right. All so very, perfect. very healthy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Still outstanding. <laughs> Not perfect, but it's close. That's really, really damn close. 94.88. Wow. Surprise. 91.57. Wow. I'm the... I'm the pessimist i guess with the lowest score i found 86.87 still still passing still passing all right so i think that's gonna wrap up our discussion of guardians of the galaxy uh thanks so much for listening if you are interested in learning more about the grid rating system you can check that out over at grittyfilms.com slash the grid and that's grittyfilms spelled g-r-i-d-d-y films.com And be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes. And if you can leave a review, that would be super appreciated. It'll help us get more listeners. And uh, stay tuned for next time. We're going to be reviewing, uh, I think, The Nightmare Before Christmas. 
maybe which Sammy I know you like that one I haven't actually asked you yet but if you want to review it with me that's uh having a 25th anniversary this year she is nodding her head enthusiastically uh-huh, uh-huh um, so yeah. that's gonna be it's a little early for a uh, I guess it's I guess it's Halloween too. It'll work, but it has a, a 25th anniversary coming up on October 13th. Uh, so we'll be reviewing that next. Uh, super excited about that! Uh, and thanks so much for listening. We will see you next time. Thanks again so much for listening. And now I'd like to introduce a special guest to the podcast. Sammy and Brian's son, Des, saw Guardians of the Galaxy with us in IMAX and had a few things to say about the movie. Uh, So if you'd like to take a listen, it's uh, pretty adorable. And uh, I was pretty excited to get to uh, have a different perspective of the movie. So take a listen. Thanks so much. So what was your what was your favorite part of the movie? The battle. In the part that well got the power stone. Who's your favorite guardian? Star Lord. He's pretty cool. I like Gamora. I think she's my favorite. What? <laughs> is that surprising? Yeah. Why is Star Lord your favorite? Because he's a legendary outlaw. That is true. <laughs> what about Groot? He's awesome too. Yeah. And so is Rocket. Yeah. Yeah. And the others. Jackson, the more. Yeah. I think she's awesome. What do you think about Ronan as a bad guy? Ronan is awesome. What about Yondu? Yondu's awesome. Why? He's a ravager. And his mohawk glows. Awesome! <laughs> <laughs> That's really awesome! Well. You want to say anything else that you love about the movie? <laughs> what was the funniest part of the movie? That that he was distracting Ryan. I was like, it's off, bro. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a great part. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Thank you for. <laughs> You're welcome. Wee.